message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, May 30th, 2010. Omni, the Google God. It's hard to imagine the um, internet has been in operation for just around 15 years. I think for many, maybe most of it, it's a a primary source of information now. Worldwide, one quarter of the world's inhabitants use it. That's about one and a half billion people. Wow. There's just so much information that's instantly available through this World Wide Web. But, you know, to get this information takes a search engine, and the, the one that more people turn to, here's a commercial for you, than any other is called Google. Google. You know, I didn't believe Alan when he said it's just been around for 15 years because I, I mean, it seems like it's been forever because we use it so often. And then he said, well, did we have it? Did we use it when we were in seminary? And I was in seminary in 1993, and the answer is no. I had to go to the library. So anyway, it is true Google. Well, Google was birthed by two Stanford students. They were getting their PhD in the mid-90s. And according to Wikipedia, Google, and I've got to read my notes carefully on this, Google runs over one million servers in data centers around the world and processes over one billion search requests and 20 petabytes. Now that sounds like something that you eat, but petabytes of user-generated data every day. Does anybody know what a petabyte is? Ted, you are the only one in all three services that know Oh, I'm sorry, Barry and so, Randy. Our what, what three tell computer us, what guys. What is a petabyte? Yeah. Oh, petabyte. Excuse me. Cross. What is a petabyte? A thousand. Oh, well, that, that clears it up. I thought it was what happened to your arm when your dog went crazy. A petabyte. You know, uh, our, our three guys, Randy, Barry, and Ted, they're like our computer techno guys. I feel so. I feel so confident that you yeah. know this but information that none ter- of us terabytes, know. terabytes, right? Well, I got it. I got okay, that. so all we know, because we trust our guys here, that it's a humongous amount of information. You know, he could have said anything. I know. <laughs> he could have said a thousand boo-boo bites, and, uh, and we would have said a... You know, by the way, Wikipedia just struck me. You know how you access that. Through the inter- that's the Internet Encyclopedia, right? So we kind of found out what Google was through itself. So anyway, you know, the wild thing about all this is petabytes, petabytes set aside here for a moment. For all the information that we can get from Google, it's absolutely nothing compared to what God knows. <laughs> so that's what we're going to talk about today, the, the Omni, the Google God. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we're two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we do greet you this morning. Thank you for carrying us through the night. And it is absolutely overwhelming to know that 
you know, when we think of all that information mm. that <laughs> you're so much more all-knowing than anything that can be stored in whatever they call it. So, God, we just, um, we turn to you now, and we ask for you to open us up so that we might try to understand this a little bit more or be reminded of it more now than um, when we came in. So we thank you and we praise you today, right now, and all days. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all of Connection Church said, Amen. Okay, so we shared two weeks ago that uh, over the years, the church, and that's the church at large, not just Connection Church, but the the big church, has developed words, ideas, concepts that try to capture the nature, that try to capture the... um, try to characterize who God is. And uh, three of these words begin with the prefix omni, omni meaning all. So two weeks ago we focused on how God is omnipresent, always present, here, there. God is always... Yeah, Dr. Seuss, yeah, okay. You know, God is over, uh, in, over, under, around, through. You know, it's like a prepositional God, amen? Yeah. Amen, Okay. Okay, so last week we looked at God is omni-all, God is omnipotent, God is all-powerful. We talked about the energizer, God. And so today, God is all-knowing, omni-all, and scienta means knowledge. Scienta, we get our word science from that, from I think it's a Latin word, and so all uh, omniscienta, they pronounce that omniscient, omniscient, all-knowing. God knows everything. Omniscient, the Google God. Okay, so you're thinking now they've really lost their minds. The Google God, what in the world does all this have to do with anything? Well, we're here to tell you that if you open up your Bibles, you can find Psalm 139 and its verses 1 through and it gives you an insight to this God who is omniscient. Let's take a look. Bible says, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with what? All my ways. Doesn't say some or a few, but all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. Yeah. You hem me in, behind, and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to obtain. And so just as God is everywhere we are, God knows everything about us, both inside and out. We, what we are thinking, what we are doing, what we have said, what we have done, what we will be saying, what we will do. God knows. God knows it all. Uh, to say, actually, to, for us this morning to say God is a Google, God is a great, great, great understatement, isn't it? Yeah. Let's take a look. In the, prof, um, in the Bible, the prophet Jeremiah, he gives us another look at this uh, omniscience of God. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. 
And so this God, who with a mere word was able to put the stars in the sky, was able with a mere word to separate the night from the dark, with a mere word was able to create all manner of creatures, both in this world and the next. This God knew you and knew me before we even became a single cell in the womb of our mamas. Amen? Amen. And, and the thing is, he didn't just know us. He had a plan for us. He knew he had a plan because he is omniscient. He is all-knowing. And this knowledge, this all-knowingness of God extends way, way, way beyond merely knowing you and knowing me. God knows all things, all things, all that was, all that is, and what will be. God knows all. There's a Christian pastor and author. His name is A.W. Tozer. T-O-Z-E-R. Some of you might have read some writings of Tozer. He describes God's omniscient nature in this book called The Knowledge of the Holy. He says that God knows every possible item of knowledge concerning everything that exists or could have existed anywhere in the universe at any time in the past or that may exist, check this out, that may exist in the centuries or ages yet unborn. Then Tozer goes on to say that God knows instantly and effectively all matter and all matters, all mind and every mind, all spirit and all spirits, all being and every being, all creaturehood and all creatures, every plurality and all pluralities, all law and every law, all relations, all causes, all thoughts, all mysteries, all enigmas, all feelings, all desires, every unuttered secret, all thrones and dominions, all personalities, all things visible and invisible in heaven and in earth, motion, space, time, life, death, good, evil, heaven and hell, and we haven't even scratched the surface, have we? And so God is just, God is just not all-knowing, but God is understanding. We look at Psalm 147, verse 5, and we read that great is our Lord. In fact, say this with me. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. His understanding has what? No No limit. That just completely overwhelms me, and I'm so, so, so thankful for that. God knows all, and God understands all. And that can be quite comforting, and that can also be quite disturbing wherever we're at in our lives. I mean, it's comforting to know that God knows my, your situation, your, your condition, that God really does understand what's going on in your life. And that can also be disturbing if we're, you know, playing this game with God, like, now you see me, now you don't, I'm going to do this, don't watch over here, but be in my life over here. You know, I'm going to have this little secret here, but, you know, I'm out 
So the point of all this is, is that God sees all, God knows all, and God understands everything. You know, we were preparing for today. We're trying to think of some personal examples of this. And we probably could come up with hundreds of ones we'd rather not tell you this morning, so we're not going to talk over those. But, you know, we don't always have to focus on the things that God knows that we'd rather not share because, you know, just the fact that we're here today, God knew when we were in separate churches and kind of here and there and actually in seminary, crisscross and everything, God knew what was going to come. He knew we were going to be here today. (laughs) We sure didn't. No, we didn't. (laughs) That would have been the farthest thing from our minds 15 years ago. But God knew. God knows what's going on with you, you know, all those. And it's just like, well, God, I'd like, kind of like you to do this. Well, the problem is God knows way out here what, that, what the effect and consequence of that is, even though we don't. Can I have an amen to that one? And so sometimes you say, God, I'd really like this. And God says, you might really like it, but that's not going to be good for you. And so thank the Lord that he knows way out there when all we're able to see sometimes is right here. You think about it. I know if, if 20 years ago God had showed me what was going to come in my life, i go, yeah, right. You know, how about y'all? If, uh, he gives us, I think, a little bit at a time because I'm not sure we could handle the whole big picture. Yeah. And yet we are able to handle the picture because God walks with us through what he has able to see and plan for us. And that's because God knows all. But, you know, what's interesting is that even though God knows all, what will be, what has been, what is, God can choose to forget. God can choose. Yeah. In fact, God not only can, God does choose to forget. You say, that's weird. Well, here, here's what we mean. Look, we'll look in Scripture, Isaiah chapter 43, just a single verse here, but it's powerful. Verse 25, the New International Version. This is what the Lord says through the prophet Isaiah. He says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers, say it with me, and remembers your sin no more. Say that one more time. And remembers your sins no more. Now change that from your to my. And remembers my sins no more. Wow. That's a pretty powerful piece of scripture, isn't it? Okay, so this God who is... Oh, we got a little wanderer here. This God who is omniscient and omnipotent and omnipresent, all-present, all-powerful, all-knowing, this prepositional God, the energizer God, the Google God, God loves you. God loves you so much that God chooses to forget. God chooses to blot out your transgressions. God chooses to blot out your sins, to remember your sin no more. And when you think about it, I'm thinking about it, (laughs) it kind of boggles your mind, doesn't it? God doesn't have to do that. In fact, um, um, the, the thing is, this God of creation, this God who put everything into existence, this God who has always been and always will, that's enough to boggle your mind right there. God always has been and always will be. This God knows everything. 
knows everything. He knows all the absolute intricacies of our being, of our, how our bodies work, how our minds work, knows, all, knows exactly to the, num- to the one how many stars are in the sky. Can you imagine? He knows exactly how many and where each one is. He knows, um, he knows why you are laughing or crying even though you don't know sometimes. He, he knows what the baby is saying even though you're still trying to figure it out. Can I have an amen on that one? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and he knows the consequences, like I said before, of giving us what we ask for, even though we haven't got the slightest idea what those consequences might be. This know-it-all, omniscient Google God, who knows and understands absolutely everything about everything, cares enough about us, about you and about me, that he will choose that this God of the cosmos will choose to forget our mess-ups, our our offenses, our shortcomings, our sins. He knows it all, and yet he chooses to forget. Doesn't that just an incredible concept? But here's something that we have to remember, because God just doesn't willy-nilly forget. There are some things that need to take place because God's nature is that God can't stand sin. And so God wants to forget, but God wants our hearts to change too. So we want to offer these things, these three R's, if you want to write them down, they might be helpful. The three R's must take place. There must be recognition, there must be repentance, and there must be restitution. Okay, so before God can forget our sin, before God does choose to forget our sin, we must recognize that we are sinners. Well, duh, Alan. Well, I'm not sure it's such a duh after all. Sometimes we like to pretend we're not. Or we might recognize it, but we haven't fessed up, so to speak. We must recognize that we have fallen short of who God calls us to be. We have fallen short of God's glory. We have fallen short of God's perfection. God cannot, by his nature, tolerate sin. And we must recognize that and recognize that we are sinners. No matter how good I try to be, no matter how many good days in a row you have, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but the truth is, they're going to come a bad day, right? And, 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 and the very idea that we're thinking we have good days and how good we are, boom, <laughs> I just fell into a pride, didn't I? And so we, by our nature, uh, have fall, fallen to sin, and we must recognize that and also recognize that that separates us from God, and therefore we are in need of salvation, And since we can't save ourselves, then that means that we are in need of a Savior. Yeah. And so first is recognition. Next, the second R is is repent. Repent, that means that we must not only recognize that what we are doing or have done is is wrong or is sin, but we, we need to be sorry for it. And we need to be not just sorry, but repent. Repent means literally 
turning away from that which binds us, from that sin, and turning toward the Holy One, turning from that destruction and turning toward the One who can restore us. Once we recognize our sin, we must turn in a new direction from it. And then there's the price. Because you see, there's always a price for sin. There's always a price. In the Old Testament, the price was through animal sacrifice. If you go back to Genesis, back to the fall, back to Adam and Eve and their disobedience, and they were naked before the fall, and they didn't realize their nakedicity. But then once they fell, their nakedicity. That'll go in the book. Their nakedness. But it sounds better. Okay, so they didn't realize their nakedicity. And so, uh, but, but once, once they separated from God, then they realized it, and they, they were ashamed. In other words, they realized their vulnerability. They realized that, ooh, wow, something's changed. And, and, and so God, the first, the first animal that was killed, the first animal sacrifice wasn't for food, but it was to cover their vulnerability, cover their nakedness. It literally covered their sin. Isn't that incredible? God took a blood of one of his creatures, one of his own, to cover, our, uh, to cover their shortcoming because they had rebelled against God. That, that's incredible when you think about it. And from that time on, sin has been paid for by blood because blood represents life. And so when we separate from God, we, we pay that price through the blood. And in the old days, in the Old Testament, it was the blood of sacrificial animals. You know, the priestly duties in the temple, some days when it was sacrifice time, the, the duty was more like that of a butcher than a preacher. You know, the blood was just a, a, a flowing. Now, by God's nature, God cannot ignore sin. God is perfect. God is sinless. God can't ignore it. And in his nature, he can't forget it as things stand. He can't just say, oh, well, whatever. That's, that's not God's nature. It's contrary to his perfect nature. It must be atoned for. It must be covered. It must be paid for. And blood pays the price. And so we don't sacrifice animals anymore. Thank the Lord. And that's because the price was paid for us not the blood of a goat or a bird or a sheep, but the blood of God's own Son, Jesus the Christ. God sent His very best knowing that blood would be shed on our behalf. You know, Jesus climbed up on that cross not because He was thrown up there. He went willingly for you and for me because His blood and His blood alone, His perfectness covers our sinfulness. You know those stamps that we don't see them much anymore, but, you know, in the old days, I remember them. You know, when you paid for something, it's like that thing paid in full. That's what's stamped on every single one of you who confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and you try to live in His trust and His will and His way. Paid in full. Paid in full. Our sin account is paid in full. And that's a gift. A gift that we cannot earn, we cannot buy, we cannot take, 
but it's a gift that we can receive, only receive. It's God's grace, it's God's love that is unconditional, and it covers every one of us, regardless of who we are, what our status in life. We're all created by God, and God loves us so much. Your life has been paid in full. It's been purchased with a price. The blood of Jesus Christ. And this gift that I'm talking about can include, it does include forgiveness, redemption. It's a gift of new life in Christ. And so we're talking about the three R's. The restitution is that third R. We've had recognition and repentance and restitution. We sang about that when we sang God with us. We said, our debt is paid. The chains are gone. Our debt is paid. Did we just say those words? Did we just sing them and let them go into the air? Or do we really believe that? Because it is true that Jesus died for you so that we can live a life full in Christ. And so our know-it-all, omniscient, Google God, chooses to forget our sin when there's recognition, when there's repentance, when there's restitution. And the cool thing is restitution was made 2,000 years ago. You don't have to make it because you can't. You don't have that much in your goody good, I'm a good guy, a good gal account. You can't get an account big enough to cover, and I can't get an account big enough to cover that price. It's too big. And so, but it's already been paid. Restitution was made 2,000 years ago. Price paid, gifts already been given. And, the, and then the question is this, well, what, what's left? Well, just to receive the gift. Actually, it's to stop saying No. To stop saying no to the gift. And, and some of you say, well, praise the Lord. I'm already there. Amen? You know, uh, Christ is with me. Uh, I've got a relationship with him, right? I know who Christ is. Uh, we're connected. I, I've, I've, I've said I need a Savior. Christ said, I'm here. I said, hey, I welcome you in. And, and so now we, we do stuff, right? Then we uh, maybe we do stuff in the church. We, we teach Sunday school. Or maybe we serve in the parking lot. Or maybe we even preach or something. Or, and we think... Hopefully we don't think I'm getting points because it's not a point system. And we're sure not earning more salvation because it's either saved or not, right? And, and we say, oh, gosh, this is such good news. What can I do with it? Well, there's only one thing to do with it, right? You, good news, you got to share, right? When, when you open a gift at Christmas and it's just unbelievable, what do you do? You, you call your best friend and say, hey, guess what I got? And so this gift we can't keep to ourselves if it's truly good news, is it? We got to share it. That's what a witness does, right? We say, hey, can it be a witness? Witness goes to court of law and says, I promise to tell truth, whole truth, and nothing. So help me with my hand on a... Well, that's basically what a witness for Christ does, right? With a hand on the Bible, you're going to say, I'm going to tell truth, whole truth, nothing but... So help me. So as far as what I've seen, I can tell you what I've seen, what I know of Jesus. So if we already know Jesus, that's what we do. We're not getting points for it. What we're, what we're doing basically is every day of our lives, we're saying, thank you, Lord, for what you did for me. Amen? It's a constant thank you note. And it's also every day, it's kind of recommitment. Every day we still have to recognize those, those three things. We have to recognize we're still a sinner, and we still have to repent, and we still have to realize that we are receiving a free gift that we can't, can't uh, do, right? Now, on the other hand, um, 
and I wasn't talking because this group is the ones yeah. I was just talking about. I was and, like, and the, woohoo, let's the, get this over is, this way. And you guys are the ones I'm talking about now. I'm covering the whole room here. I'm sorry, I got kind of focused there. But on the other hand, you know, you, some of you here today are going, wow, you're, you're way out there in the outfield there. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not even close to what you're talking about here today, Alan. You know, I, I know who God is, and, and I, I kind of know that I've messed up, but I, all this stuff, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior and Jesus, and I, I'm not ready for it. Okay, that's, that's okay. I praise, we praise the Lord you're here. And our hope today is maybe you took one step, maybe a baby step, you know, just a baby step closer to knowing a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because sometimes it doesn't happen all at once. Sometimes it's not, you know, turn on your head upside down, boom, boom, boom. Sometimes it's a step at a time. Sometimes it's a half step at a time. And our hope is that if, if you feel, still feel pretty far from God, still feel pretty far from Jesus, that maybe today you're maybe a step closer. Maybe today your prayer could be, Jesus, bring me a little bit closer to you, please. Uh, let me open the door just a little bit to let maybe, a, in a, you know, let me open up a little bit. Then kind of between those extremes, I think there's a lot of people here that maybe are like, um, wow, yeah, I, I do recognize I'm a sinner. And I do recognize that I, I am in need of salvation and I can't save myself. And the only one who can do that is the Savior and his name is Jesus. And you're going, wow, now what do I do? Well, it's pretty simple, really. It's not like anything magical. It's not like any uh, long-term project. It's a simple prayer. You say, God, I'm, I'm a sinner in need of salvation. I can't save myself, Jesus. You're the one who can save me. Please come in my life. That, that, that's about all it takes. Actually, I heard a guy made it real simple. He just said, Lord, here I am. <laughs> and then just opened up and, and allowed God to flood him with what he floods us with. And so what I encourage you is maybe today is your day to say, wow, maybe today's my day to, to open the door. You know, Revelation, there's a, it says, Jesus stands at the door and knocks. And, and, and if we'll open the door, he says, I'll come in and I'll share a meal with you. Famous painting of that door, there's no handle on Jesus' side. He's not going to force his way in. He's going to knock and wait for us to open the door. But if we open it, he'll come in. And see, that sharing a meal, that means he's going to become a part of our lives. But we've got to open the door. And maybe today is the day you're going, gosh, I don't know about that. Mm, but I have a feeling some of you today, the Holy Spirit's just like, just tapping in your guts, man, guts, or in your chest, or someplace inside, there's something going, I don't know, but there's something stirring up, and I'm going to encourage you to open the door and see what happens. You go, I don't know what that feeling is right now. I, I don't know what's going on. Well, I think the feeling is the Holy Spirit saying, open the door and let Jesus come in, Open the door and invite Jesus to be a part of your life. Open the door, recognize your need of a Savior, and the one who's going to save you is none other than the Holy Son of God, Jesus the Christ. I would encourage you, if you're feeling that little knocking or that little rumbling or that little whatever it is, maybe a little electro, whatever it is that's going on inside of you, don't ignore it, but explore it. Because why would you want to go another day and the chains that we sang about earlier when Jesus has the freedom to set you free. And all you got to do is stop saying no.
If you feel a knocking, offer a prayer from your seat. God hears prayers from our seats. He loves it when we're on our knees. You can come up and pray on these steps. God loves it when we're on our knees. You're back in the corner. We got uh, uh, Mike, Maria, and uh, Dave, and Lauren. We got a whole bunch of people back there. Just they'd love to pray with you. Going, gosh, I'm not sure how to go through this. They know how to go through it. They'd love to walk you through and prayerfully uh, invite Jesus into your life. Yeah. If you're feeling a knocking, I'd encourage you open the door. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Holy God, wow, thanks. Thanks for a glorious day. Thanks for, uh, for this uh, series where we explored just how incredible you are, uh, all present, all, uh, all powerful, and all knowing. We, we can't even start to fathom that, but we do know this. Even though you're all knowing, you also are capable of forgetting our sin. Thank you. Thanks to your sacrifice of your son, Jesus the Christ, on that cross 2,000 years ago. I, I pray for each person here, myself included. I pray that if we know you, we will go deeper. I pray that if we're far, we'll take a step closer. And I pray that if we feel a door knocking, that we'll open the door and invite you in, most holy Christ. It's in your name and the power of your Holy Spirit we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking part in sharing the message for this week. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also reach our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.